Welcome to The Rachel Kujup Show. I'm Rachel Kujup and my mission is to help you build a business that supports your multi-passionate lifestyle, create content with confidence and clarity, and launch profitable signature services and products. It is possible to blend who you are with what you do and gain financial freedom while still making a positive contribution to the world. I've helped over 3,000 people across my workshops and programs become respected and successful leaders and creators in their community. I know you have big dreams for your business and life. So are you ready to be seen and heard? In today's episode, I'll show you how to make it happen. In today's episode, I'm speaking with my good friend and amazing human, Jackie Rogash. She's a certified transformation and mindset coach who works with game changers, the big-hearted women who have experienced trauma or significant adversity in the past that still impacts the way they live their lives today. Jackie grew up in country Victoria and is no stranger to trauma and adversity herself, having been the victim of bullying, sexual assault, family violence and stalking before the age of 24. Jackie moved to Melbourne and joined the police force, believing this would give her the opportunity to help others. After realising the police force was not for her, Jackie went on her own deep healing journey. Through this process, she discovered coaching and the benefits of coaching and realised that this was her true calling. With 11 years experience working in trauma-enforced roles, dealing with sexual assaults, family violence, mental health, grief and more, Jackie now empowers her clients to move through their self-doubt, self-sabotage, fear of judgment and unhealthy subconscious patterns so they can discover a genuine happiness they've never known, reignite their inner spark and ultimately discover their true self. Today we are chatting about healing self-care and the way it can transform our lives and our business. I just know that you're going to get so much from this conversation with Jackie. So let's dive in. So self-care and practicing self-care has been like a really, really hot topic recently for my clients and community. So I'm really excited to talk about this topic because when I think of self-care, I think of you and I know that you definitely motivate me to think about my self-care and the ways in which that I'm doing it. So Jackie, I'd love you to share what is your definition of self-care? Yeah, good question. And it is, it is something that's around at the moment. It's like, do self-care. It's like, what is that? So to me, it is doing something to look after yourself, doing something purely for yourself that is going to support or assist you in some way. So it's really just creating space for yourself to do whatever it is because self-care looks different for every single person that allows you to, yeah, take care of yourself, nurture yourself, give yourself compassion, give yourself some space, just, yeah, finding time for yourself really. I love that definition and that goes so well into more of the self-care topic that I want to talk about today, which is performative self-care, particularly in the business space. And I love that everything you just said in your definition was about the individual, like you, you kept on saying you, because every day I see people sharing videos of like journaling for hours or cooking like a three-course meal from scratch. And like while I'm all for like mindset and nutritious meals, and that's something that I've been prioritizing, 
I do kind of get a sense that a lot of people are sharing this literally to be seen to be prioritizing self-care. Like they want to be seen to be doing it. And it's less actually about what's good or what's working for them. So do you think self-care has become like performative, particularly in the business space? I think there definitely has for some people. Um, Yeah, for sure. I think it's one of those things where I know for me, just a little side topic before I come back to this, sometimes, you know, I'm a recovering perfectionist and control freak and all of these things. And self-care is something that I never used to do. I wouldn't, if you told me to journal or if you told me that I would be journaling and meditating every day, I would have laughed at you and called you an idiot. Um, But that's my reality now. But what I notice is sometimes when I'm in that trap of trying to control things or things aren't going the way that I want them to, I'm like, right, if I do self-care, then this will happen. And it's coming from a place of control, not from a place of, this is actually what is going to support me. So that's just a little side note. You know, self-care doesn't work if you're doing it to try and control an outcome of something else. It just adds to the little head fuck that is life. But in terms of performative self-care, yeah, I 100% think that there are people out there that are posting and sharing all of this stuff who purely from a point of I want to look like I'm doing the work or I want to be seen to be doing this and because this is what I'm meant to be doing, air quotes. Um, And again, self-care looks different for everybody. And I really disagree with the people who show up and go, to do self-care, you must do X, Y, Z. You know, while I have a big toolkit and, you know, with my clients I teach and we talk about a, a plethora of different ways of doing it, I will never turn around to someone and go, you need to be doing this because it might not be for them and it might not work. And it just, you know, I think the other thing is some some of us can seem or view self-care as a chore. It's kind of like whether it's been, you know, something else I have to add to my list or I don't have time but I need to do this because people are telling me that I should do this. And when you learn how to create space for yourself that mindset shifts, changes. But until like that, again, that's a process. And until you get to that place, telling someone they have to be doing something is just going to make them hate it. Uh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. So much comes up for me here. And definitely I can relate to this personally. And I want to um, share that first as well. So I know for a lot of my clients, firstly, like you said, um, feeling like it's a chore. Like for me, it definitely, as a perfectionist, someone who loves lists and sense of control, I would see self-care as like, oh, I can, you know, get the dopamine hit now that I've checked everything off my list and I've written that list. But I don't think I was actually getting any benefits from a lot of the self-care active activities I was doing, particularly things um, like journaling, even though I've decided that that is not the best way for me to practice self-care. I can still see the benefits now, but it took me so long to do that. And I agree with you, um, you know, this performative space telling people what they have to do and how like if they do that, they'll have success or be able to get a result again is taking away from the benefits of self-care because I got told by so many people that I had to be journaling. And the more I got told that I had to do it, the more that it set off my to-do list and control and perfectionism and the more... I resented doing it. And then the more I think internally I was saying, oh, the reason why I'm not getting X, Y, and Z done is because I can't journal. And so it was just 
started off so many other things that were really not serving me and got me into a bit of like a loop where I went around and around. So I love that you say, you know, we really should be doing it for ourselves for the benefits. And, you know, for a lot of us, we're doing self-care all day and no one knows what we're doing. And I sort of feel like self-care, like you said, if it's about you, sure, sometimes share it if it's helpful. And like I said, that's why I love the work that you do because I find what you share is helpful. Do you think we should be perhaps not sharing what we're doing when we're starting off with the self-care journey so that we don't get into the perfectionism trap or we so, so we don't make it a chore that we really do kind of go through this experience maybe by ourselves for a while? I think, I think it's, you know, that's up to the individual. You know, I know there's a lot of people who, um, and I guess really what it comes down to is what's your intention behind sharing it? You know, there's a lot of people or some people share because they want to hold themselves accountable and they know that if they've got that, you know, to share, then they're going to make that space for themselves. You know, you and I, obviously our coach has set me a challenge and I'm sure she said it to you, you know, you need to do something for yourself every day for the next two weeks. And it's like, okay. And I know for me to do that. And while I do things for myself every day, but, you know, to make a conscious effort of it, it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to share this. And, you know, I don't share, occasionally I share what I journal, like if I think it's relevant for my community, but I don't share what I journal every day and what I journal every day changes completely. So I think it's up to the individual, but the question I would ask is why are you sharing it? What's your intention? If you're sharing it for validation or acknowledgement or, recognition from someone else, then don't, you know, but if you're sharing it for personal reasons, because it's going to support you, then go for it. Right. I think again, everyone unique and social media is different. You know, some people love on the food topic, posting what they ate for breakfast, lunch and dinner. I don't, you know, so I think it's, yeah, individually, but I think it's very much around I think the most important thing is that you're doing it for yourself, you know, that whether you're sharing or what you're doing as a form of self-care, that you're doing it for yourself and you're not doing it for any other reason other than that. I love that. And I think that's going to be really supportive for a lot of my clients who do want to practice self-care, do you want to prioritize self-care, do you want to talk to others about it, but are feeling like it is turning into a performative thing or they don't want to feel like they are like some of the other people who are perhaps sharing and, you know, like you said, like the values and things aren't aligned. So I know most of my clients want to do it, like I said, and they find themselves doing activities instead that feel good in the moment. So things like, you know, self-care looking like we've got, we talked about journaling, but as an example, I know for a lot of my clients, you know, self-care is like going for a quick walk, getting a Starbucks coffee or watching Netflix. But when we dive deeper into these self-care activities, and their goals, we realize that this is not actually serving them in the long term. So as an example, for myself, um, you know, I've got a uh, sort of long-term goal of getting back, being fit and strong. And I know for myself the other day, I literally wanted to do the similar thing. I was like, oh, I'll have a coffee, I read a book. And my partner's like, maybe you should go for a run. And I didn't want to go for a run in the moment, yet I knew that going for a run would make me feel better. And then he said something and I was like, no, this is actually self-care. I didn't, I didn't want to do it because I knew it wouldn't make me feel instantly good. But 
wow, did I feel amazing afterwards. My mood literally shifted, my energy. I came home and I made like a good lunch. You know, I did everything from that for the rest of the day. It was really prioritizing myself. So, you know, for everyone listening who's doing the same thing, going through the same experiences, like how do you determine, I guess, more of a healing self-care, like long-term self-care that really looks after you? Like how do you determine what that is versus those quick kind of like feel-good five-second moments for yourself? Yeah. And I love that you share that because it is, you know, so many of my clients are like, oh, I just don't do self-care or it's a chore or it's this or that. And then I'm like, well, what did you do today? And for example, a client yesterday sent me a message and she's like, oh, and it was very much for accountability. She's like, I woke up, I'm feeling a little bit anxious, meant to be going for a walk, but I don't want to. She sent it really early. And then later she's like, I went for a walk and I feel amazing. And then I went home and I had a bath. Look at me and my self-care. And I'm like, 100%, right? So, you know, again, self-care looks different for everybody. It can be walking, running, like, you know me, movement is my jam. If I don't move for a couple of days, I'm not a, not a great person to be around. So movement is always going to make you feel better and movement can look different for everybody. Then if you've got, you know, maybe it's a bath, maybe it's reading, maybe it's, you know, playing with Oracle cards, maybe it is journaling, maybe it's coloring in, maybe it's meditating, maybe it's going for a swim. You know, there is no definition of what self-care is in my opinion. And I think for anyone who's exploring it or trying to figure out what works for them, just explore and play, you know, play with different things. So maybe it's writing down a list of all of the things that make you happy and, you know, practice one a week, you know, or, you know, go through a week and go, I'm going to do this three times this week and see how I feel. And I'm going to try this one next week and just play with what feels good for you, knowing that on any given day, it could look different. You know, when I started, really my self-care started with journaling. Um, Like, well, it didn't. I feel like in one way I've always taken care of myself because I've always been really active. And as I said, exercise is my jam. It makes me feel happy. Like I've always been super, super active. So in one way I've always taken care of myself. And in my darkest days, the one constant I had was the gym. And in many ways, like that saved me. So that's probably where my self-care started. And then when I started with the more spiritual stuff, I started with meditating. Then I started with journaling. Then I pulled Oracle cards. And now it's like, now I can tune in and be like, what do I need right now? You know, and I did this earlier this week. And on, as we're coming, we're in Victoria at the time of recording, we're coming out of lockdown or sort of semi coming out of restrictions, which is amazing. And I was like, for probably the last three months, because I grew up in country Victoria, being out the bush on the river is the biggest form of self-care for me. Like whenever I'm feeling stuck or trapped or anything like that, I just go out the river and everything, all of my worries disappear. Like it's the quickest way to calm my nervous system. I haven't been able to do that. And this week I'm like, what do I need? I'm like, I need to be near some water. It's not the river, it's the ocean. I prefer the river over the ocean, but each to their own. And so it's like, okay, that's what I need to do this weekend. Um, So I think it's just experimenting and playing with those things. But if you have never done it or you're trying to step away from 
what everyone's telling you you should do, write a list. Write a list of all of the things that make you happy, you know, dancing, playing, seeing friends, going out for brunch, whatever it is, and just experiment. You know, as you said, like some people love just going to a coffee shop and sitting there having a coffee and watching people. That's self-care, right? I think we can fall in. You mentioned before the, you know, coffee and Netflix or Netflix and chill or whatever. And yes, I believe that it is a form of self-care to a degree. Like sometimes we just need those days where we tune out when that's becoming the habit and you're sort of getting stuck or starting to get addicted to things or, you know, spending more time doing that than other things and it can be a little bit unhealthy. But I think just experiment and play and don't make yourself right or wrong. Like don't think that there is a right or wrong way of doing it and if if I'm allowed to swear, like fuck what anyone else thinks, you know, if it makes you feel good, that's all that matters. I love that. Yes. And you can swear. I try not to swear (laughs) too much because I can say the F word when I get excited. Um, I love everything that you shared there. And you're so right about not making it a right or wrong to experiment, to play and to actually take the time to listen to yourself each day because you're right. Self-care can look different each day, like the activity. And I'm the same as you. I love nature. So by going for a walk or a run in nature and feeling the sun on my face and hearing the birds like that instantly makes me feel better um that's why I always you know prioritize going outside or even sitting out on my deck when we were you know the you know heart of lockdown um (laughs) and couldn't go out and about but I I also think and once I shared with a client and she was like mind blown I said if we get to the stage like I think a lot of us our inner self we know what we need. And so like, I have lots of clients who don't prioritize self-care. So like, I, I'm busy. I, you know, don't have the time. I don't have the money. And I'm like, when you get to the point when you're literally saying to yourself, oh, you know, I need to go for a run, but I can't. It's like, you should have gone for a run like a day ago or 10 minutes ago. Like when you start saying the actual phrase, I want to, but I can't, you need to go stop whatever you're doing and go do that thing. And it's taken me a while to get to that point to be like, no, I know if I stop now and go for a run, like I said, I'll come back so much more energized about to support my clients better. Everything will be just so much better if I stop what I'm doing right now. And I think it's so important, um, like you said, to actually listen to yourself like in the moment. So what would you say are the main benefits of prioritizing this more like healing self-care that really supports you to like grow or like you said, relax your nervous system and how has it supported you in your life and business? Yeah, I love that question. So just following on from what you said about, you know, when you say you need to do it but you don't have time, especially in business, we can get so caught up in to-do lists and what we need to do and how busy we are and all of that. And what I know to be true for me is I can have a hectic day and say, you know, I might wake up and I'll do my morning routine and I'll do a couple of hours work. And if I then go for a walk and come back, I'm so much more productive than if I just try and force myself to work through the whole day. So rather than, and again, it's just that stepping away from it being a chore or another to-do list and looking at it from a place of this is really going to support me in my business and my life, right? So healing self-care 
house that supported me well in every single way. You know, I've um, experienced a lot of trauma in my life and not everybody knows that about me, but I think it's, you know, you become so much more self-aware when you start taking care of yourself because you're creating space for yourself, because you're doing things that you enjoy, because you're doing things that allow your nervous system to reset and just relax, you then become aware of, you know, like if you are feeling a bit off, you become aware of why. You know, if you're agitated by something, you become aware of why. If you need to create space, you learn how to do that. And it's really just, you know, it's giving yourself compassion and kindness. And as business owners, we don't do enough of that. We give it to everybody else and especially as coaches. Like we will very easily give compassion, kindness and support to other people. But sometimes we come last and it's almost that shift of when I might make myself the most important person in the world or when I might make myself a priority, I can then show up in such a greater way than when I don't. I love that. And that's something that I've really had to learn myself as someone who's gone through a lot of trauma and was managing and looking after family members and adults. I was, I never came first. And I think that is the thing that I had to learn or unlearn that then allowed me to practice self-care, that allowed me to prioritize myself, that allowed me to have the see the benefits and enjoy the benefits and then support others to do it. So I think, you know, for a lot of women, we're told to, yeah, always prioritize the needs of others. Um, And like, I think I said on a podcast or a conversation recently with a client, like you need to put on, you know, the face mask, you know, on the airplane first. Mm -hmm. So you can truly like support and help others. And, you know, for my clients, I always say, when you're feeling like, oh, I don't have time, I've got to do this, and like literally to to picture that, like picture scenario and be like, no, I need to take care of myself first, even if it is only for five minutes or like you said, a quick walk or, you know, people watching, which I love. And it doesn't have to be a long, extensive thing. It's not a selfish thing. It doesn't have to take a lot of time and money and energy. Um, But just by doing one small thing, you can then build on it and then you just see like, the really life-changing benefits. So self-care can cost you nothing, right? Sure, there are things that I love to do as self-care that do, like I love massages and facials and brunches and all of those fun things. Um, Sometimes shopping is self-care, sometimes I hate it, but, you know, but in saying that, you know, here's two, for anyone listening, here is two quick ways that you can take care of yourself that is not going to impact your day. The first one, you step away from your desk or your office or anything else. You either go to another space in your house or maybe you go outside, whatever it is. You shut down your eyes and you take five long, deep breaths. That's it. At the end of that, you can ask yourself, what do I need right now? And maybe something else comes up, but you don't have to, right? So that's approximately two minutes of your time. The other thing, and I love this one, so go outside, preferably on a nice day, but if you like the rain, go out in the rain, but go outside and play with your senses. So go outside and just purely be present and shut down all of your senses except for maybe you close your eyes and you just listen. 
then maybe you just smell. Then maybe you open your eyes and tune out the sense of smell and what you hear and just look, like look at the colour of the sky, look at the colour of the grass or the flowers. You know, that is, again, five minutes depending on how long you want to take doing that of your time where you bring yourself purely to the present because you're not focusing on anything other than what you can smell, hear or see or taste if you want. And you're giving yourself, again, that it's like that system reset. You're giving yourself that space. And it's amazing how much energy you can get from just creating that five minutes. You know, yes, walking or running, like you're always going to feel so much better afterwards. It's like the work, the hardest workout. You're like, this is so shit. Then at the end, you're like, I feel amazing. And you're like turbocharged. Yes. <laughs> but you can do that in another way as well, you know, and it's, it is a different type of recharge. But go outside and play with your senses and look at how different or notice how different the world is from that five minutes. That's a form of self-care. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing those two really simple things. Again, it's overcoming a lot of the objections I'm hearing from my clients' community about time, money, and also within that, because I didn't realize I actually did that. And that was a form of self-care. Yay, go me. That it's also practicing mindfulness and being present and all of the other things that I know that we're all trying to do that again can feel like a burden. Another thing we have to do, we have to journal and then practice, practice <laughs> mindfulness. You literally can do all of that in one, one lot. And as someone, yeah. me, I personally, like I said, don't love journaling, although I can see the benefits. I do do things like Jackie shared there and the running. I actually like picture all of my like feelings and emotions that come up and actually visualize them. And then I run through them, which for me is a really strong meditative say and I think about how my body feels and like my ankle and the way I'm breathing and for me I just need the movement um that makes me feel kind of calm and allows me to actually be present if I sit I'm just like ow my butt hurts or like I can I can smell the rubbish I need to take it out like it doesn't work for me but that does so it goes to show that you can combine lots of these different things together to really have those benefits so to wrap up I would love to know is there anything about self-care or this really healing self-care that you would love listeners to think or to do or to take away from this episode? Mm, That's a really good question. I think the biggest one is to stop seeing self-care as a chore, right? And I know we've just finished saying what you should, don't listen to people to say that what you, don't listen to people that tell you what you should do. (laughs) Here I am telling you what you should do. Anyway. But it's one of those things where if you see self-care as a chore, there's a reason why. So discovering what that reason is, where does that come from? Maybe it comes from, you know, your parents growing up in the sense of you have to always be busy or maybe it's a partner or maybe it's a friend or, you know, a story that you have and working through that. But also, again, looking at it instead of being a chore as something that's going to serve and support you. Because as soon as you can support yourself, you sort of take away, as well as building self-awareness, you take away your need for other people. Like you take away that need for other people to fill the gap and the space because you're looking after yourself. Yourself. (laughs) Um, But it's just... 
And again, I think remove the expectation, remove the expectation of what it looks like, knowing that it's going to look different for everybody. You know, I'm currently 35 weeks pregnant and CrossFit and running and walking has always been a huge part of my life. I haven't been able to do that because of some pain I've been experiencing. So it's like, what else can I do? Okay, so I've been doing some yoga and Pilates. And while it's not the same, it's still a form of self-care and it's mindfulness because you can't think about anything else. You're present, you're focused. You know, it does, it ticks off so many boxes of the, what I need to do today and just gives you that time and space. And I think once you start doing it, you like, once you start really making yourself a priority, your confidence will increase. You will have more clarity. You'll be more aligned with what you want. You'll move through your days with more ease. Like everything shifts when you start taking care of yourself. And I can't tell you how many clients have come in. They're like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. And then by the end of one of my programs or working with me, they're like, I just can't imagine not ever doing this. You know, I feel so good. I'm making this decision and I'm doing this and I'm not doing that. And this feels really good. And you're like, yeah, right. And sometimes, again, it's as simple as running a bath. You know, it's just, it's just the little things. So remove the stigma of self-care needs to be this huge, outrageous thing. It's the same as gratitude. You know, gratitude practice can be a form of self-care. It doesn't have to be something huge. It's just about what makes your heart happy. Oh, I love that. That's a great way to end this episode. Do what makes your heart happy and then you can be really empowered and also feel powerful. And I think that's essentially what we're trying to achieve when we're trying to practice self-care and particularly healing self-care. So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing a story, insights and wisdom. I'm super grateful and I know listeners will get so much out of this episode. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a treat. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. If you found what I've shared valuable, please leave a review and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss when a new episode drops every Wednesday.